because I believe science might offer an answer to the curse of the Bambino. Why someone took so long to hire that guy is beyond me. Anybody who's not tearing their team down right now and rebuilding it using your model, they're dinosaurs. One of the great things about money is it, it buys a lot of things. One of which is the luxury to disregard what baseball likes, doesn't like, what baseball thinks, doesn't think. <laughs> it's a threatening, not just a way of doing business, but, it's, but in their minds, it's threatening the game. How can you not be romantic about baseball? All right, welcome to another Baseball Ops podcast. Uh, this is going to be a fun one because we got the other host, usually, John Heisinger. What's up, Zinga? What's happening? All right, cool. We're cruising here. Um, we just thought we'd get together on this and uh, talk about what's going on. I mean, Zynga is is going through a ton right now with uh, evolution of, I guess we could say, AZ Fuel Baseball or Coach Zinger. Um, just why don't you tell them where you are right now? Like, what what's going on? Like, what's uh, what's changing for you, man? Well, it's uh, it's been a fun little process. We're right now just kicking off a summer development program. But uh, basically taking guys through in a similar manner to what you do, assessing them, putting them through programs, um, and a lot of that fun stuff. And then we have Matthew Libitor, who's trained with us since he's 11 years old, but so pretty much his baseball career to this point. Uh, and, you know, it's fun having him around because he, he likes to share. He, in fact, he, he gives me goosebumps when he talks half the time to these kids, just motivating them you know on on trust in the process and putting in the work and you know taking care of the small details like nutrition and you know watching what you know how much they sleep and just stuff that you rarely hear an 18 year old kid talk about you know and it's just been kind of fun watching how he's grown you know amongst others we've had uh a good season here uh, in the area, a lot of pitchers who had really good years and uh, still currently actually in the playoffs with the high school. So it's it's a whirlwind right now, my friend. A lot going on, but it's it's all beautiful. Yeah, let's let's talk more about Libby, man. I mean, pretty awesome, you know, to have a guy that kid you've had for a while. How how long have you been training him? About seven years. Seven years, and he's 18, 6'5", lefty, throwing up to, like, 97. I mean, where's he been? <laughs> yeah, he's touched 97. Crazy. And he's top, what are we going to say, top four overall uh, pick for the draft this year? Yeah, that's pretty much where the mock drafts have had him going. You know, it's, I think, uh, especially the closer it gets to it, I think less and less will be exactly accurate because I think they keep their – their information to themselves as much as they can, as far as who they want to pick. But, uh, I know they do those mock drafts and he's been doing well with those. So talk about that journey, um, building, uh, an overall first round draft pick. Just talk about what's it been like from starting him as a young kid. I mean, did, when did you see that he might have this potential and then kind of give us a little taste of the, what's it been like in, in the process? Well, it's my, uh, my favorite story on him is the first time he came, I have a jump rope routine that they go through as their active warm-up or as their like first assessment just to kind of see him move a little bit. And like most of the kids, he struggled with it. 
because it's a challenge. Uh, a week later, he came back, had his own jump rope, and tore through my jump rope program and just like stared me down afterwards, like, like what's and, next? And this was how old? Eleven. Jeez. You know, and at the time, <laughs> you know, he was he he went through a lot of different processes during this, uh, especially that seven years, you know, um, growing up and all that stuff, but nutrition wise and all that fun stuff. But where he started to really open my eyes was, was that first time. Cause when I asked his dad, the first question I said was, does he have a twin? This has to be his twin brother. There's no way this is the same kid, you know? And he goes on the way home, he made me stop at sports chalet and buy him a jump rope. And then he said, and he was in the backyard for two hours before he'd come in and eat dinner. He ate cold dinner that night. And I was like, well, wow, that, you know, and he's kind of through that process. He's just kind of showed that the whole way where it's, whether it's been Olympic lifting, whether it's been, you know, even, you know, when we've done video analysis together with him or just different stuff where he gets a chance, it's never been like, Hey, there's, for me, there's something wrong with me. It was always like, hey, there's something I can fix and get better. Wow. So what do you think's been the biggest part of his training? Like what aspects of it has really made him so elite at this at this age? I think just a, a lot of variety in progression, you know, starting him off with a lot of, uh, you know, simple body weight movements, using just the bar, learning technique um, crawling, different types of, you know, pretty simple stuff. But then on top of that, a lot of the, uh, the mind body connection stuff. Yeah. Which, I mean, you're really good at doing a, you know, giving guys the whole shebang of pitching. Like you really prepare them well for the game. I mean, you're, you're addressing everything, nutrition, mindset, you know, the physical aspects, the biomechanical aspects of it. Um, and you're saying, like, he just soaked it all up. It, it sounds like what you're saying. Huh? Well, he just kept coming. I mean, he's a kid who does, still to this day, they do green juice every day. And for <laughs> maybe too long, no, but his, his big thing is he'd do avocado toast in the morning. You know, like a lot of kids are doing, you know. Pop-tarts. Or pop-tarts or, yeah, like, you know, <laughs> sugar, you know, and that's. It's still a challenge for, you know, everybody, but it's like if you watch and you're aware of what you eat, you know, I, it just takes you to a whole nother level recovery wise. And then the better you recover, the more you can push your workouts. And I think over the long haul, it's just shown how it helps, you know, big time, every aspect. How, how did he, when did you introduce him to the Olympic lifts? Uh, let's see. When I came, I came to your camp. What year was that? 2000 forever ago. Yeah. I guess said 2011 <laughs> or 2012. Yeah. Or... Yep. You're, I mean, I was just really kind of starting to do camps when you came. Yeah. Yeah. And then, you know, I just, especially with him, he would come so often we'd work out together, you know, and there was, well, I think it helped too when, when you came to that ABCA with Matt Bruce and you got to be around Matt, who's a oh, that was great, yeah. you know, seven time world team member, three time Olympic alternate. So t- talk about what was it like learning the Olympic lists as opposed from me, from Matt. I mean, it, and just talking to him, really. 
Oh, Matt's fantastic. I think he simplified it so much for me where, you know, and he was yeah, a guy I I get complicated. feedback to, you know, and he just made it so simple for me where it was like, and it was so technical versus like before I was trying, and it's funny because the word that comes to mind is brute, but it's like his company's brute strength, right? But uh, it's like before I would try to muscle it, whereas before or after meeting with him and going through the technique, it was just so much, you know, cleaner. So, Isn't it awesome how, I don't, I don't think people understand, people make it sound like in baseball, the technical challenges of Olympic lifting is a negative. Like for me, that's the positive. Oh, uh, that's why it's so funny to me too. Cause I'm like, <laughs> that's literally exactly why it's so awesome. Because <laughs> no. It is technical. What else is technical? Pitching, well, <laughs> pitching, hitting, throwing, right, right. running, everything, you know, and it, I think that it got me past the like, rah, and it was more of like, even with the breath where it's like, like it just, everything's going to just flow it so is. much. It's, it's just, it's like pitching just through different planes. And it's, 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 it can almost be an art form. Like it, it, you're doing the exact same thing with your body in Olympic lift and you are pitching, you're coaching it through an efficient movement. Well, I think the big confusion too, especially with, with your program is people think that that's the only movement you're going to do too. And it's like, well, it's just, it's maybe it's a, the, it's one a of the most important pieces, yeah, but it's not but the at the same time, it, there's so many things that progress and lead up to it that I think get misunderstood by somebody that just kind of sees from the outside. Yeah. And, and I hate how people want to like make it sound like it's, you know, like people go, well, if I want to build power, I'm going to use a med ball routine. And I'm like, seriously, like, you can't even compare Olympic lifting to throwing med balls. And anyways, let's do them both. And then and proven, yeah, and let's do them both exactly. Right. Let's do and, them all. Or when they go, well, I do trap bar deadlifts as opposed to Olympic lifting. Well, once again, this is not an alternative. A trap bar deadlift is not an alternative to a, dyna a dynamic Olympic lift. And if you want to do them both, do them both. I just would never make an alternative. No. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you, you get that. So... I do, you know, and I think it's a, uh, but it's a very good thing, and I think even to point out where it's, it's something where if people could take the time to do it right, it's worth it, you know, and start and uh, people and and tell them how, and taking that time is not lost time. You learn so much in that process that you, well, you'll use pitching. Absolutely, you know, and just learning your your body, you know, you learn your timing, you learn how your how your body reacts to the ground, so much. You know, and I, I get guys that have never even done them that are against them. And that's what really make I just laugh because I'm like, literally, if you've never done or experienced something, how are you going to yeah. be enough of an expert on it to say that we shouldn't do it? Yeah, unless you've studied it and you have all these studies, which none of them have either. Because <laughs> well, the studies that we do see say exactly what you said, they right? benefit the, it, yeah. The ground, the ground forces are the most. Yeah, and it's unfortunate. People just stay misinformed on that because it's not a, it's not conventional. It's not a part of baseball. Like it's never been accepted in baseball. It's getting there. It was crazy seeing uh, Chris Sale doing a, yeah, yeah. a power clean, even though he he was struggling. I mean, his form was decent, but he wasn't doing a lot of weight. But it was cool to see that. Uh huh. So talk about <clears throat> Libby. How I mean, how did he do with the Olympic lifts? Uh, he's done really, really well. You know, we, we started off with basically just the dowels 
and then worked in, you know, especially you and I had that conversation. I think Stephen was there too, but with Matt, where we talked programming. Um, and basically what we would do is we'd do three above the knee, three below the knee, three from the ground. And then we'd go into double jumps or broomstick jumps right in to that explosive plyometric and then, you know, go right back through, you know? So it was yeah. basically, and then sometimes we'd even do one of each, you know, one above the knee, one below the knee, one from the ground, and then quit going to 10, you know, scissor and jumps. And that literally shuts yeah. your central nervous system down. <laughs> Which is amazing. <laughs> how many, how, is there any better way just to completely annihilate your central nervous system? <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> I mean, that's, that's one of my favorites, you know, and even over, as much as we still do sprint work, but I mean, it's even more than that, you know? Yeah. I mean, all of it is important. You just, I don't like how we, I mean, to tell you the truth, I, I embrace it all except when we get into extreme throwing, like guys who just want to throw their arms off. I don't embrace that. But when yeah. it comes to strength and conditioning, I'll embrace it all. I just don't like alternatives, man. I think really if you're trying to build an elite athlete and everybody's so different, you're going to need it. You're going to need every tool every single tool to do it, you know? Mm -hmm. That's a good way to say it. Like you got a new tool in your belt is tends to be, you know, cause a lot of guys will come over here and want to learn certain things. And it's like, well, you, you really need all of the above at some, some point. You just need to take them day by day, get a little better every day. And so let's talk about when Libby started having a lot of success, like what was it like when you noticed, man, this guy's going to be something different than everybody else in my, my training programs? Well, I mean, he, he consistently showed up and was always, he could always pitch. Um, but his velocity went from 77 as a freshman to 97 as a senior. So, Jesus. and that's, that's be a perfect game. I mean, I, I have my testing stuff I've done with him too, where he's, he's shown really well, but, you know, it was cool seeing the way that they wrote it up because I was like, oh, yeah, you know, but it was he was a steady progressor that just kept going and kept going. You know, it's almost like the rabbit in the, in, in the tortoise. Right. And I'm not saying he's a tortoise by any means because he's a left handed pitcher that can spin it. And, you know, he's had that ability. But through the process here, he's developed athletically to a point where, well, he's a power pitcher. He is. And you can see, like, he's the kid's got a big glute and legs, and I can see the power in his body. Um, and well, and biomechanically, he knows how to use it. Well, and he's 18 is the thing. I That's the biggest thing, like, through this, like, draft process is, like, hearing people nitpick, you know, and they'll try to find something that they can say is wrong, you know, and it's like at the same time we have to realize, hey, he's 18, you know, and there's a so much. You know, there's a good foundation, but there's so much more growth to happen. I mean, well, I look filling nice out. He's gonna fill out. <laughs> yeah, he'll fill out, and even mentally, you know, I think he'll grow a lot too. He's already there very, very well. But so when did the uh, when did the what was the moment when I guess the phone started ringing for him? What ha what happened that really turned the tide and all of a sudden he becomes looked at as a top first-round draft pick? Well, he went through this last summer, and he started off uh, the Under Armour All-American game at Wrigley Field. And he was supposed to have one inning. It was the last inning of the game. 
and the game ended up being tied. So he ended up getting to throw three innings and threw really well. Lights out. Um, I think he touched, I want to say he touched 93 or 94 in that outing. Um, Then he went on to area codes, did really well there. And then he went to Petco for the uh, perfect game All-American game, and he started that game. Um, There he hit 95 for the first time and had a dominant inning, a couple punch outs, broken bat. And then uh, went on to go for Team USA, ended up pitching a gold medal game. Uh, Basically had, I mean, about a, you know, almost like a dream summer. Yeah. You know, and it was it was just so awesome to see it because it's one of those kids that you're you're rooting for. You know, he's one of the he's a good kid. He he takes time to talk to the kids. You know, especially like in the program, he's basically a coach at this point. You know, in fact, sometimes I bring him in with the younger guys just to coach. Mm-hmm. Yeah. In fact, he well, was when, when, that's what happens when someone when someone in your toolage becomes <clears throat> so far and beyond everyone else. I mean, everyone just looks up to him, and then he becomes a mentor, and then he becomes a coach. I mean, I don't think you can help that. I think you're like me. You just let it happen, you know? <laughs> I think so, too. Yeah, it's funny because he, uh, he was over here the other day with a few of his friends, and he, he goes into the pantry, and he pulls out, like, goji berries and cacao and you know some of these, like, high-vibration superfoods, and they're like, what the heck is that? You know, it's like stuff that I don't even think is out of the norm for, you know, for him. It's just like normal. But it's like a lot of people don't even know it probably exists, you know, kind of stuff. Kind of like some of the training stuff where people stay so, uh, what would I say? Well, they just just think they only need to be good at certain things and they they don't want to learn in, in, in other aspects and well, especially those overthrowing approaches, right? Like if you're focusing so much on, on arm, just arm the, speed, arm strength, the end piece, <clears throat> yeah. just you're totally missing the whole boat, you know? And yeah. Yeah. I think David Ardzema said it best when I interviewed him one time, he said, people don't understand this is a life, to- a lifestyle. Like you, you have to change your life for this. You, you can't yeah. just like add a few, few things here and there and, and think you're going to be a professional, you know, you know, ball player. I'm like, you have to, you know, I mean, well, I'm speaking, I get I'm speaking to the, the choir. The video games, you know, I'm sure you see this too, but it's like, I get kids that, you know, they show up for a game and you can just tell like, dude, you did not sleep. And it's like, oh yeah, I was, oh, yeah, right. I was playing Fortnite or I was playing, you know, whatever the, that's, that's the mm-hmm. big one that I hear now. And I'm yeah. like, you know, as far as I'm concerned for every minute you play on Fortnite, you should have to do a minute of training, you know, and, and you should do it first, you know? Yeah. It does kill their sleep, you know, the being able to recover. And that's so important when you're in a program that's not, that's, that's literally building, trying to develop your entire system, your entire body. Um, you know, it, it compromises everything. It's like as much as you're trying to eat right, if you don't sleep well, <laughs> you know, what's the purpose of eating right? If you're not going to sleep well, <laughs> you know, Exactly. So when he, um, when, when, so when did it, when did you realize, wow, this is going to be more than just he's going to get drafted this year, that he's going to be, you know, at a, at a top level? Did, did you kind of feel that momentum? Kind of talk about the momentum that started to happen. 
Well, you, I guess you're you're defining a little bit. You, he was the games are really starting to take off for him. But like, as far as just calls or like attention, press, like what, what started I mean, guys, to happen? Guys have liked him for a while, but it's like I would get random people that hit me up, you know, on in, in uh, social media or something, and they're like, "Hey, I've got a spot on my team for that lefty. Who's that lefty?" You know, and then it's like there's so many guys eventually where it's like, uh, yeah. I'm not the only one that sees it, you know, because he basically is a member of our family, you know, where it's like Xander, it's like Xander's big brother, right? you know, so it's, I have a biased opinion, which I'm okay with, uh, but then once I got a lot of that, and then, yeah, the phone calls, and, uh, and, so, then, and then kind of, it was funny, it was, uh, there was a one day, I was talking to Matthew's dad, and I was like, it took me... 14 years to basically build this zinger guy, right? Whoever this, this yeah. uh, zinger coach is. And then it took one summer for me to become Libby's coach where it's like now it's like, that's Libby's coach. And it, that's probably the moment where it was like, okay, this is, that's cool. This is a big deal with this kid. So and his dad said the same thing. He's like, I used to be Anthony and now I'm Matthew's dad. <laughs> <laughs> I think I remember the talking about fame. I remember Ringo Starr with the Beatles said he knew he was famous when he went home and had dinner with his mom and his mama's was his mom got nervous talking to him. <laughs> 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 like that's hilarious. <laughs> oh, that's great. Yeah, and and most of these kids don't understand the challenges of handling attention because that's really what this is, is. People want your attention. You're successful, you're talented. You know, you're going to get a lot of opportunity. People want your attention. A lot of the, you know, I, I, I should have had a couple first round draft picks out of here, but they didn't have the heads on. And I think that's what's really impressing me about Libby is um, he's got a head, man. Like I had a kid that was, you know, close to him coming out of high school as well here. And he just didn't have the head, man. He was a mess and he wound up becoming an, an alcoholic. What mm. what's, why is Libby, I mean, obviously he comes with a good family, um, but. He's got a good family and he's, you know, he's been grounded since, really since I met him. He had like a, a almost, you know, like you say, like a wise soul. You hear people say, yeah. you know, but he just, uh, he's, he's super humble, you know, and I think that's part of it too, where he's uh, staying away from getting too high or too low, you know, and it's. I think a lot of it's being around, you know, guys that he's with over here, you know, because there's a lot of pro. He's been around pro guys, not just me, um, for years, you know, and guys that will, you know, drop, what, 10 years of wisdom on him, you know, somebody like Cameron Lowe or Manny Parra or, you know, other guys where it's, you know, they, they basically share their experience and he's a good listener. You know, and like I said yeah. before, it's not like he thought there was something wrong with him. He thought there was something he could improve. And that's where he, I think it was his his mindset with that. You know, and then I think uh, you asked earlier too, like when we see it coming, it's, it's almost uh, a funny thing, but we do some visualization stuff too where, you know, we'll ask what else is possible, you know, and how does this get any better and just – asking certain questions and you know developing to a point where i mean we've sat and visualized the hall of fame plaque 
kind of stuff where it's like he's he's not necessarily surprised by any of these things that have happened you know even even the night before he's going out and pitching like he's already pitching that game you know and that's why when he goes out there it's been impressive i've never seen so many scouts in my life you know and it's he's He's done his thing, but I think at the next level, what will be the most exciting is when he's passed all of this too, because there is a ton of stress, as you can imagine, you know, and as you know, because you've seen it, but during this time, you know, and it's, it's been impressive how he, he stays grounded and, you know, he's just a, so, he's great. so what do you see for him, um, going in with an organization, like what does he know he needs to do to have a lot of success? You know, I think he's the more he gets a chance to kind of get around that environment. I think he's really going to blossom. I think, you know, a lot of it's a mystery at this point because different organizations do things different ways as well. You know, so I think that's part of this too, where, you know, it depends on which, who drafts him and how they handle his development. You know, and I think there's so many different methods and modalities out there. But, you know, obviously as his, uh, well, coach, mentor, big brother guy, but it's like I, I want him to be in the best situation possible for him to really do what he does, you know. And ideally, I'm sure if somebody drafts him, it's not like going to take him and try to change him, you know. But I think you let the kid blossom and develop the way that he is, you know. Yeah, and I think to be critical, I think a lot of teams, I mean, I don't know if they're saying this, they should be saying this, you know, looking at someone like Libby going, what is his upside potential? I mean, the upside potential is he's already in a really good place to be successful in minor league ball, um, but does he get better? I think that's the hardest thing for, for these organizations is to figure out and calculate and determine potential. Because I think they're not really not actually that good at it. I don't think anyone's really that good at it because you're trying to predict the future. Well, I think you need to know the foundation if you're going to know the, you know, if you're going to look at the roots of a tree, you're going to be able to tell a lot more about it, you know, rather than, you know, with seeing such a small sample size that normally you'll see, you know, scouting a guy for a year or two, you know, getting to kind of ask quite, but it, you know, it's a little. I think eventually they're going to be, they're going to be basing or calculating upside potential on DNA. I mean, that's why you look at guys like Vladimir Guerrero Jr. that are already up making an impact in Major League Baseball because the dad, his dad did. He's obviously got the DNA to do that. That doesn't happen all the time. I mean, I'm sure we can go to Roger Clemens' son. He didn't do anything. Pete Rose's son didn't do anything. But, you know, there, there's, there is a lot of code already there that should protect his potential. And I mean, so talk about what, give us a list of the things that you think is going to be what separates him, even at the professional level, and give him a chance to go to the bigs one day. Well, I think, you know, the biggest thing that's going to really change is his changeup is a great pitch. And at the high school level, you know, an 83 mile an hour changeup is like most guys' fastballs, you know, or like a good guy's fastball. Um, and when he's able to get guys that aren't just cheating on fastballs, like a lot of the hitters have to do here to even catch up with it, right? I think that's where he's going to really be able to pitch. And that's where I think during the showcase and during, you know, the better the competition has been 
the better he has been. And I think it's because of his off-speed pitches as well as that heater. Have you put him on um, whatever it wraps it up, looking at his movement and his spin? Have you yeah, done a lot of that with him? His breaking ball is over 3,000. Jeez, that's nice. How much difference in vertical break than his fastball do you know? Yeah, I do. It was uh, He had 21 inches of ride and 24 inches of down. Wow. Yeah. That's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> it was crazy. Wow. And then what so, else is he? And, and then he's got the changeup? Yeah. And the changeup. And the changeup is anywhere from like uh, 11 to 14 miles an hour off his heater. Wow. Anything, usually usually anything, 12 to 15. Anything else? Is he pretty much just an up and down guy? No, now he's developed a slider and he throws a two seam as well. Okay. So I think you know at the next levels his mix and his pitchability is what's gonna allow him to to flourish. Definitely. Um, as far as as far as like development, like he's obviously gonna fill out more. How much is he weigh right now? He's like one ninety five. Yeah, I think he's potentially. Yeah, I could say 225. Yeah, 225. But here's the thing: like, I to be once again to be a little critical. He he does got a little tight tightness in his hips, but at the same time too, that's what makes you throw hard. Um, he you know as long as he can make sure that that 225 doesn't. We measured him the other day too, and he had uh, he was balanced out between his internal and external. Like he was so good on. I think the hip extension. He said, "What's his hip extension? Do you know?" I'd have to pull up my chart. I don't. Yeah. I think that, I think that's the one thing he just needs to watch. I mean, I don't think it's. I think it's obviously maintainable. That's what I do. Just got to make sure as as he fills out and comes into his body that those things don't get worse. They sh- they shouldn't as long as he's working on it. As long as he's doing that work in his hips. Well, and he's done like it's kind of been like any other obstacle that's came up. It's like he sets it as that's going to be his. He's going to overcome that, you know. It's that, like, that's what he needs to be. I, I just think he needs to know that the one thing that's going to tighten up on him is going to be his hips. Like if he can keep his hips mobile and learn how to maintain and manage them every day, and I know that's what you do with them. Like and because well, I think that's too. He researches, you know. It's like he'll come to me and he'll be like, "Hey, what do you think about this one?" You know, and it's yeah. like, you know, he's he's researching as much as he can. And uh, he's got such insane because he has such insane athleticism. So. It's like is if he goes in and continues to build athleticism and goes up 225, I mean, it, he's just going to get more impressive. I mean, talk about – what's his vertical jump? You said it was something like 35 or 4? Uh, I think it was 34. Yeah. yeah, 34. Say that goes to – you know, he goes to 225 and he gets that to 36. I mean, he's a 100-mile-an-hour guy at that time. <laughs> I see that. I, see, yeah. I definitely see that, especially because his frame will still fill out. I mean, because he's – I mean, he's barely got peach fuzz on his face, you know. He's and he's got, got good face to grow yet. His thoracic mobility, you know, in extension and rotation looks pretty solid. Mm-hmm. Uh, is, is um, I mean, to pick at him, like where where does he get soreness? Uh, if he ever gets soreness, it tends to be in his legs. Good, like glute, hamstring, mm-hmm. quad, yeah. Well, uh, his calf the other night was actually fatigued by the end of the uh, game. Drive, drive leg? Yeah, which I That's was like. Awesome. And I sent you that video, and I mean, it's the best I've, it's probably the best I've seen him look, timing, and just everything was flowing, and it was. Well, that's huge, because when you when you are a little tight in your hip extension, 
you got to get that ankle driving because that will help you push through that tightness and help you connect the kinetic chain, you know, when it allows your hips to rotate and then, then that triggers your upper body and then everything transfers smoothly and you don't have any overcompensation. And I mean, I, I think that's all you, that's all these teams need to know is basically what's going on. He's, he's a crazy athlete. He's got room to grow and gain 225. And, and as long as he can maintain all the wonderful qualities he already has, mobility, uh, motor control. Not only that, he sounds like he's got like four or five legit pitches, um, mm -hmm. specifically two really good one-two punches, or, or you could probably say three with the changeup, right? Well, um, and the funny thing is some of the guys have liked his slider even more. Oh, wow. It depends on who's looking at him. You know, some guys – you know, some guys like the the high and the, you know, the high cheese and the hammer, and some yeah. guys like the two seam and the sinker. You know, I mean, the two seam and the slider. You know, and everybody loves the changeup. But the, I think the cool thing is, he can probably do them all. You know, which so it's great. not at a right, one. which is great for an organization because an organization could come in, and they could see how it performs at whatever level, and then they could say, hey, you know what, we really think you're this guy. You need to be, you know, slider, you know sinker or what a fastball whatever i mean right, the point depends is like, on faces too right you right, know yeah. like you're facing mike trout and he just loves that ball down and in you're gonna probably pitch him a little different than you know whoever exactly. else adrian gonzalez or whoever pops in your head but you know not only that you got a guy who's got his head screwed on right already mentoring kids at 18 um i think man I, the point is i think he's a first round draft pick <laughs> that's what i'm saying i think so too you know i think he's He's going to be a good pick for somebody, and he's going to—he can have an impact on an organization. So, all these kids out there listening to this that want to do the same thing—they want the Libby program. Like, what what are you going to advise them to do? Like, obviously, start young because Libby did, you know. Well, I think you start young and you stay athletic. You know, you focus on athletic, long-term athletic development versus a quick fix, something, you know, and. Make sure you're you're dotting dotting the I's and crossing those T's, you know, as far as nutrition and sleep, recovery, you know, making sure you're you're working out, you know, making sure you're thinking good thoughts. That's a huge piece. I think a lot of guys sabotage themselves. You know, if you if you don't think you can do it, you're not gonna do it, that's for sure. You know, and if you doubt yourself, you know, it's probably your preparation. You need to prepare better. If you yeah. prepare better, yeah. you're going to have less doubts. You're going to trust your stuff, you know, so. Oh, I mean, I think that's huge. I think I always tell kids it's easy to fail. Like, what you know, what happens when you fail is nobody wants to talk to you and you're by yourself. That's the easiest thing in the world. I love being by myself. Nobody wants to bother me. There's, <laughs> there's no better life, right? But the point is, is the only thing that sucks about it is you're, you know, you're not successful. You're not aspiring to be better than that, which, you know, I can't live with. So as much as it's easy to fail, it's not acceptable in, in who I want to be. So then you got to go, okay, well, I want to succeed. And then you realize, wow, this is, this is the challenge. This is where the responsibility is. This is, this is where the effort is. This is where the, you know, the struggle is, is, is really the, accepting success and i think that's the problem a lot of kids are really they're scared of succeeding because of all that comes with it and failure doesn't really have much that comes with it 
Well, and then if you do succeed, let's say on a small scale, and then you do fail, how are you going to rebound back? You know, and I think that's another thing, you know, for other guys out there that have seen Libby, you know, or they even talk to me about him and they, they think he's this immortal being or something where it's like, no, he's, he, he's given up a hit before too. You know, like we all, it's still baseball, you know, but the biggest thing is how do you react back once something happens? And I think that that's where that process of preparation gives you that confidence to stay relentless, where you're just going to keep coming and keep coming. Somebody's going to kick your butt and then you're going to come again and then you're going to come, you know, and somebody might kick your butt twice, but that third time, it, it ain't, you know, you're going to keep coming. You know, and I think that that's what guys need to remember is that's for your training, too. If you're training and you're expecting results, sure, you're going to get results. But what about when you don't get results? What about when you've been throwing in a program and you're trying to, th you know, gain velocity and you don't gain it? What are you going to do? Are you going to doubt the process now and quit and give up? Or are you going to be somebody that says, OK, what's right about this and how do I get better versus for me, I'm a victim of this or that or him or her or whatever yeah the victim mentality is horrible i mean you'll never be successful in anything if you play that card you, you know it's hard but you really got to go into everything not caught up in the outcomes more caught up in the lessons you know you know like you could pitch a really great game and lose and you know you could get caught up in the fact that you lost you know, you didn't get you didn't get the outcome you want, but then you start looking at what you did, and you're like, "That was a pretty good game." Or you could pitch a horrible game and win, and then you don't want to learn from your mistakes because you think you got the outcome you wanted. Like, you can't ride that roller coaster of the outcome when not a lot of that is your control. You really got to look at it at more analytically and objectively, mm -hmm. and say, you know, what what could I have done better, and what was the 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 positives for today, and then clinically just move on it's hard it's hard when you're young taking the emotions out of it but it, it it really does help you have more success right and it's there's a difference between like for instance i hear people all the time talk about like you need to pitch mad or you need to pitch angry and i'm like well i've done that but it it's works. like <laughs> better to pitch with energy than it is to pitch with emotion because emotion will ride that roller coaster, you know, whereas energy, you can bring energy and, and you can choose energy versus emotion. You can't always choose emotion as much, you know. So if you can focus more on bringing the energy, you know, and letting it be a maybe a positive flow for you versus like something that you have to constantly fight and get, you know, be a dick to your teammates or whatever. And it's yeah, like, you, I know, man be like that either you know it's like you can still have fire in your belly and bring energy but you know with without you know being a a dipstick <laughs> no you're right that's that's a fine line to walk because it does work but um once again that's why it goes back to having a good head on your shoulders and knowing why you do what you do and what you're in it for i think not, not enough kids really have a good reason for why they play baseball i think a lot of kids play it because their friends do it because you know they it's cool they can get a lot of attention uh you know they, or their parents want them to do it as as opposed when you get older and more matured in the game when you start going i play this game because it challenges me as a human being it allows me to express my talents and it allows me an opportunity to 
take care of myself, make optimize myself, make myself better, treat myself better, um, and and then and then go, turn around and teach other people the same. Like, you know, you really do got to find a real reason to do this. I know when you're young, it's hard to do that, but you do got to eventually do it if you're going to play this game for a while. Absolutely. Well, that was good little run there, man. Anything else uh, we should we should talk about? Mm. We we covered it. <laughs> I say I feel like we covered it pretty good. I mean, I just I think the biggest thing is, you know, stay consistent, guys. You know, there there's not there's not one way to do it for sure, um, but success does leave clues, and you can learn from guys that have been through it before you. You know, and then I think, you know, instead of looking for a quick fix or, you know, something that you can just magically do i think it's it's better to buy into a process and invest in yourself and get a little better every day you know versus feeling like you got to go get 40 percent better in one day or whatever yeah and i think the reason people look for quick fixes is because they're afraid to commit and take responsibility for their actions and to to drive themselves to success because it's challenging and there's a lot of responsibility comes with that so i think the easy road is just to try a quick fix oh it didn't work oh well i'm not good enough or yeah that wasn't that wasn't good enough for me yeah it's his fault right yeah put the blame on someone else so (laughs) yeah buying into a program like like you what you what you do it with the you know your programming AZ Fuel Baseball and what I do here with Top Velocity is trying to get people that are actually have a good head on their shoulders and understand what they're up against and are willing to take responsibility for their themselves and their success and and they want to learn and they and they want to put themselves in it blood all the you know blood sweat and tears the whole shebang. I think be a good teammate too like even in training environment where if you're your own competition I think the environment and the culture is a lot better for everybody versus one person being better than everybody else or something like that. Even though in games, you know, there's usually somebody who comes out on top, obviously, right? But let the competition be you today, you know, versus you yesterday. Be better than you were yesterday. Control your controllables, you know, and I feel like that creates an environment where everybody else can also do the same thing and be themselves and do what they do, which is ultimately what we want. We're not cookie cutters, neither one of us, right? Where it's like, even though we both have programs where things are, you know, consistent in the programs, each guy is an individual, you know? And I think that that, there's a lot of uh, value to that for for athletes out there, you know, finding finding what works for you. Yeah, and it goes, to me even farther it's like if you don't like who you are today that ha- that's the product of probably the last year of work or more so if you don't like how you competed today you you can't just change what you did yesterday you got to change what you've been doing probably for the whole year like sure. i mean don't make dramatic changes but just understand that it took a while to get where you were and that you're not can't just fix it quickly you know mm-hmm all right, well, talk about the app, man. I think the last thing, I want you to talk about how the app and how you use that with your guys, and it's something that anybody can get into if they want to be under your toolage. Right on. Uh, so the app we basically created originally for, for logging information because I kept notebooks and I'd keep 
you know, spreadsheets here and keep spreadsheets there. And I wanted to be able to help guys develop routines, but also have variety inside of those routines. Um, so probably my favorite part of the app is the post game evaluation or the post bullpen evaluations, but basically going past the results of what happened and going back into your process, you know, so connecting to a feeling, you know, rating your outing. And then basically we can keep a log of everything that you did. Um, I was talking to a, a PT guy that I work with and we talked about how it'd be awesome to have a way where each time somebody comes and does work, you can check them in. So I'm, I'm in the process with the app right now, but making it where it's almost like a video game where the more work you put in, the more of like a rank you get. So it's, it's kind of like we talk about with the training is your, your, your baseball career is going to be like a bank account in terms of what you put in, you can expect to get out versus if you expect to get things out without putting in, you know, it does not work that way. Right. There's, yep. there's a, a cause more of cause and fact, more of a reap and so, so, um, Basically, with the app, we wanted to give guys the tools that they needed at home, both to reflect on performances and then also to log the work that they're doing. Um, and what we've found is that it, number one, builds their confidence when they see what they've done and they can go back. And then number two, it gives them a way that even inside the throwing journal portion where you can tap back in and see, okay, I had a I felt great last week. What, what was that like again? And then they can go back and kind of read it and see it. And it's, it's basically like the journal that I kept through my career, you know, where I'd take notes on a given day on what I'd done and I could back and like you said, change things or I could, you know, say, Hey, I need more of this and less of this or all that fun stuff. That's pretty cool, man. I love it. Like I said, I want to do one with you for top V, but Everyone should check it out. Tell them how to find it and learn about it. Go to coachzinger.com, and there's a link right there. Uh, download the app. Once you've downloaded the app, go into the Coach Me tab and make yourself a profile. And then when you make a profile, it automatically will send you the thrower's journal. And uh, that's where you're best to get started. All right, brother. Well... I got to go. I know you probably got to go too. Yeah, buddy. All right, man. Well, let's do this again. We need to get some other guests, anyone that yeah, we gotta get recommendations. We definitely got to get Matt Bruce. I know we talked about him. Yeah, early. we need to do that. We haven't talked to him in a while. He would love that. He's fantastic. So that'd be All my right. next pick. All right, guys. I hope you all enjoy it. Uh, and thanks for coming on, Zinger. And um, check him out. And looking forward to Libby's draft day coming up. That's going to be fun. Hopefully, maybe we can do some live streams. Absolutely, yeah, that'll be fun. June 4th. June 4th, all right. It's going to be exciting. All right, well, we'll catch you guys next time. Sound good.